0: We were dealing with the last point in our series on part one, Fathered by God. Amen? And we're moving into part two, uh, family status, the F in father. Amen? We're talking about our family status. Amen? Every one of us in a family, in our family, we have a certain status. Amen? And so what we want to learn tonight, amen, is being fathered by God, what is our status with God? Amen? And so, but before we do that, I just want, if you have your handout, uh, handout part one, Roman numeral four, I, we said are we're, we're, we aren't meant to figure life out on our own. God wants to father us. And it's amazing how when we get older, how we sometimes, you know, we develop this, this kind of independent attitude. The, an independent attitude saying that, you know what, I don't really need God anymore. Um, you know, well, I, I wouldn't say we don't need God, but I would say more like, well, you know, I'm not going to run to God for everything. May I say run to God for everything. You know, people say, well, are you just using Christianity or are you using God as a crutch? No, you're not using God. God wants to father you. Amen? And you and I were not meant to figure this life out on our own. Are you with me? Go to Psalm 68 for me. Psalm 68 and verse 5. And I want to thank you all for your prayers for my family. And uh, thank you very much and for safe traveling, Grace, back home. Amen. Um, Look what he says here. We're not meant to figure this out. The truth is he has been fathering us for a long time. We just hadn't had the eyes to see it. You know, when I look at my life, when you look at your life, can you, before you came to know Christ, Could you really say that there was a God guiding you? (laughs) A God, uh, you know, intervening in your life? I I think you could say yes, because maybe you did not recognize him. But I say this to you tonight. He is a father, look what the text says, of the what? Fatherless. Amen. And a what? Judge for the widows. Is God in his holy habitation? God makes a what? Home for the what? For the lonely. Are you with me? And he leads out prisoners into what? Prosperity. Now, the writer is saying that God is a father to the fatherless. Now, what does that mean? See, here's the thing. We were all born in sin. We've established some of that. We've We've been living our lives according to the plan that we had. But may I say this to you? Your father in heaven wants the best for your life. And he wants to father you. The question is, do you want to be fathered by him? So that means that we must follow his command, I read something today in Deuteronomy. You know, God told the children of Israel, right, uh, when they had went out into the wilderness, he had told them, he said, listen, uh, you know, don't you worry about food. Don't you worry about water, okay? He says, but here's what I want you to do. They had, they had went into the wilderness, right, and it had been a three-day journey, and they had gotten to the place called Marah. M-A-R-A-H, Mara. Now that word Mara means bitterness. Have you ever been to the waters of bitterness before in your life? And when they got to the listen, they had they had left out of Egypt, right? They were out into the wilderness, and you would think that God would bring them to sweet waters. See, this is how we think about God, God you know, when he fathers, fathers us. We think that, that everything is supposed to go what? My way. That, that we should always have sweet waters. Amen. That, that life should always be, you know, because I'm with God now, right? But, but watch this. The God brought, they, they, were, they were led to Mara, and the people started to grumble. And I want to put a point right there. When things aren't going your way, (laughs) come on, somebody. You know, don't grumble. Trust God. Know that he is still your father. And oftentimes we miss this point, right? So they got there to to, to that and they they started, this is what they said. They said, I wish that we would have stayed in Egypt. Now watch down. Remember what they're saying now. Think about what they just said. They're saying to themselves, man, I wish I was still enslaved. I wish we were under Pharaoh's rule. You know, I mean, who wants to be a slave? Nobody wants to be a slave, right? Nobody wants to live in that kind of lifestyle. But here's the thing. These people, amen, had forgotten who their father was. As a matter of fact, if I fast forward the story, right? When they got to Sinai, you know what they declared? They said that, oh, it was, the, it was the golden calf that brought us out of Egypt. Now, I'm just showing you something. Here's the thing. God is not, as your father, he's not going to impose his will upon you. He's not going to force you. He's not going to try to make you. He's not going to push you to do anything. Because he wants it to be your will and your relationship with him. Are you with me? And so the writer says he's a father to the who? To the fatherless, right? Go to uh, 2 Corinthians 6.18. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 18. These are the passages... that I want you to understand that God wants to father you. God wants to be your parent. Amen? He is your parent now. But look, what he says, and I will be what? A father to you. See that? What is, you know, Father's Day is coming up. Right? Seriously, right? And, and guess what? Fathers, listen, we can, I can overlook, I, listen, I'd come here and preach another message on father. It wouldn't make no difference. <laughs> All right? How many fathers do you see in church? Not many. How many fathers are really living for God? Not many. You see? You understand what I'm saying? Here's the thing. And so God says, listen, I want to father you. I want to be a father to you. But you have to, you have to be a child. Come on, somebody. If you back up in this verse, look, if you back up now to verse, let's go back to verse 16. Now I don't understand what he's saying. He says, oh, what agreement has the temple of God with what? Right? Now, you are the temple of God. For we are what? The temple. Okay, do you understand that concept? As a child of God, you become a temple of God. There's no longer a need for the temple. You become the temple. This is why we have to be careful what we put in the temple. Are you with me? How we take care of the temple. He says no longer, he says right here, for we are what? We are the temple of the living God just as God says. Look what he says. I will what? Dwell. I will what? How does God dwell in us? Thank you. Y'all with me, y'all. It's taking me a while to get y'all to see this thing, but I can tell I'm getting a little resistance tonight. It's okay. I will what? Do, maybe it's hot. I don't know. I will what? Dwell in them and do what? Walk among them. And I will be what? I will be who? Their God, and they shall be what? My people. Now, he had already predicted this. Amen. This was was predicted in Isaiah 16. But here's the thing. God was saying, listen, I'm in you. And because I'm in you, listen, I know you may have some up days. You know, based on what you're going through in your life right now, you understand what I'm saying? You got to be very careful. We have to be very careful that we don't lose sight of who we are. We are the temple of God and God dwells in us. It doesn't get any closer in relationship like to that. Amen. First 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 17. He says, "Therefore come out. Come on somebody. From there what? Mist and be separate and be separate what says the Lord. So as a child of God, as a person of God, as people of God, we must separate ourselves. In other words, listen, if you're trying to find validation from the world, the world will not give you validation. The world is not going to accept you for who you are anymore. Your light has to shine. And you and I have to remember one thing, that no matter what it looks like today, you and I have the presence of God in us. If we have that much power in us, how come we can't overcome some of the things that we're facing right this second? If God is your father, and I hope he is, amen, and if he dwells in you, You are in a better position than the world. But oftentimes we don't see ourselves in a better position than the world. Why? Because, come on somebody, because when you're not walking in the Spirit, when you're not filled with the Spirit, when you're not, amen, in tune with the Spirit of God, it's difficult to see your situation, watch this, with hope. But thanks be to God that I have a Father who's in heaven. The Bible says he dwells in me. He says, now come out from where? In other words, you have to live a separated life. Look what he says. And do not touch what is what? Unclean. And I will what? Welcome. You know what? I was, I was saying earlier in, Deut- in Deuteronomy. Actually, in Exodus. When the children of Israel was coming out, God told them, listen, if you obey my statutes, follow my command, you'll be fine. They couldn't even do that. When they got what they wanted from God, they went back to being the same people they were before. Now, which parent will keep giving their child stuff, good stuff? If they keep living like that, you only come to me when you want something. Come on, somebody. You only pray to me when, you're in pro- when you have problems. You're only committed to me for a little period of time because guess what? Because you're going through. The question is, can you commit for a lifetime? Because God has committed to this relationship for a lifetime. Amen. He's committed, I said, to this relationship for what? A lifetime. You, where can you go from his presence? Remember when we did that passage? Nowhere. Where can you hide from him? Nowhere. Right? Look what he says in verse 18, and now you see the context. is powerful, right? Now when you read verse 18, it makes a lot of sense, right? Look what he says, and he says, and I will what? I will be a father to you. Hello, somebody. Father's Day is coming, as I said. A lot of fathers are not in the home. They're not with their children, right, for different reasons. But I want to tell you something, baby. You have a father. And, and, and he is a good reason to celebrate on Father's Day. Amen. It's a great reason. And then he's given you a spiritual father in your what? Pastor. Come on, somebody. Amen. Look what he says. He says, and I will be what? A father to you, and you shall be what? Sons. Come on, somebody, and help me. And you shall be. The problem with us is that we get, we get to the point where we don't want to act like a son. We don't want to act like a daughter. You know what acting as a son and a daughter means? You know what that role means? Dependence, reliance, total, total, total. Listen, that, your baby is not, listen, your baby's not going to get up and say, your little baby, right, the baby's not going to get up and say, well, let me go find me some food. (laughs) The, The child needs to be provided by the parent. That's what God does for you. Isn't that good news tonight? Oh, man, I'm telling you, I'm I'm really loving this series. This series is bringing, let me tell you what this series is helping me with. It's drawing me closer to my father because I understand I'm not in this by myself. And somebody here tonight, I want to tell you something. Sometimes it feels like you're all alone. Sometimes you feel like, where is God? I just got a text message from a young lady. She said, Pastor, I I didn't pray to God. I I didn't try church, and nothing is working. I said, you don't give up. Your father is still there, and if he wasn't there, you would know it. But here's the thing. It's hard to recognize your daddy in the midst of your demise. It's hard to recognize that he's there. Amen. Listen, if he doesn't do anything else for me, he's already done enough. Why? Because I'm saved. That is good news. That when you close your eyes, you know where you're going. That I'm going to heaven, yes. You know what? The rich man and Lazarus. The rich man, the Bible says, he died. (laughs) That's all it says, and he was buried. But Lazarus, the Bible says, that he received the bad things in life. Amen. But he still was a child of God. May I say this to you? Let me say this to you. Just because you have difficulties doesn't mean you're not a child of God. Stop believing those lies of the enemy that he's trying to get you to believe. Listen, sometimes, isn't it amazing how it's so easy to believe a lie? A lie will spread faster than the truth. And Satan wants to lie to you. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Is there anything positive in that? And when you feel that way, you ought to recognize, you know what? In your mind, this is not of God. This, my daddy would not say this to me. My daddy would not. Yeah, amen. Listen, my, my daddy means me well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And watch this. As I watch the father of the man who just killed all those people, he says, I still love my son, but I can't forgive him for what he did. But eventually he will. See, there's a difference there, right? Now, watch this. Now, the victims may not be able to forgive his son. Oh, I don't think you're hearing me. See, this, relate, this father-son relationship, this parental relationship is so deep that we can overlook the faults of our children. See? And that's what God does with you. He overlooks your faults. He understands how weak you are. He, he knows where you fall short. And in spite of you falling short, he can overlook it and still love you. That, that father still, that's still his son. There's nothing he can do about that. But watch this. But as he says... I don't control his actions. Come on, somebody. And you know what? Possibly your relationship with your daddy may not be as vibrant as it should be because it's by your choice. It's not that God isn't available. Come on, somebody. It isn't that he doesn't want to parent you, but it may be that you're not putting in nothing but you're expecting much out of the relationship. Come on, somebody. Amen. We want God to bless us, but we won't do the things necessary to be blessed. Come on, somebody. Serving God. If I say this, it'll pay off after a while. Amen. And and at the beginning of your Christian journey, what the devil wants you to think is that, oh, this ain't working. But your daddy said you. I, he says I will be what a father to you, watch this now. I will be a father to you. So you know what I can do now. I can. I can. Well, let me. Let me. Just, it's very difficult to get over the absence of a father. Listen. You may not have thought about it until we started this series. But not having your daddy there affects your life. And some of us, we have our daddies, but guess what? We take it for granted. It affects everything. It affects the way you feel. It affects the way you uh, relate to people because we all want what what do we even even myself from my dad? As I spent a week with my dad this week. You know what I was you know what I what I was desiring from my dad? Validation. Son did a good job. That's all I wanted. Amen. Hey man, I, I don't want money. I don't want anything. It's, it's the fact that I can say at 86 years old, my dad says, son, well done. I may not have had it when I was growing up, but I've forgiven, I've moved on, and now I've gotten what I didn't get before. You know what that does for you? It changes everything. And so when God says to me, I will be a father to you, Oh, that changes everything. I said it changes everything. Amen. Look what he says. And you shall be what? Sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. Amen. So let's go now to part two. My goodness, we finally made to part two. Amen. Um, And so one of the things we said, now we got to look at our family status. So in Father by God series, we've been talking about, we're using the acronym father. So the F is for what? Family status. And so the purpose of this study is to help us to see the absolute perfection of our heavenly father and learn how to make the most of our relationship with him. Go to Galatians 4. I know we went over this, but go to Galatians 4 for me. I, I, I just love this passage. This passage is so This is our base passage for this. It's it's powerful. It's it's just so powerful. I don't know if I, yeah, we went over this, but I wanted to just touch it again, all right? Now, now look what it says here. Look what it says. But when the fullness of time came, so now we're talking about family status, all right? So in in this family of God, we must understand amen our status. How do we become children of God? I understand what he says. He says, you know, I will be a father to you and you will be what? Sons. Oh man. Oh just that's such a rich feeling when you when you when you think that God sees you as a son or a daughter. Right? Look what he says. Look what he says. Read the, read the scripture for me. Read the scripture somewhat. This is Bible study. But when what? hmm Right? So God, God did what? God sent forth his what? Son. His son. Right? Born of what? A woman under the law. Go ahead. Stop right there. Now, in this family status, the first thing that needed to happen for us, we needed to be redeemed. Now, watch this. What does redemption mean? That's the word means to buy back, but the word also means to be rescued. To be what? Rescued. There are a lot of people living their lives, they don't even know that they need redemption. Have you ever redeemed something? Amen. You know, you, you, get, you, get the, the, you go to the cleaners and they give you a piece of paper, a receipt, right? You, you go back, they have your clothes, but you go back, but the only way you can get that clothes is, listen, the ticket is not just going to get it for you. You got to pay. You got to buy it back. You're buying back your own clothes, right? <laughs> Amen. You're redeeming it back, right? And so he says when the fullness of time comes, God sent his son so that he might redeem those who were under the what? Law. Now, because we were under the law, amen, and, and that means that we were literally under sin, right? The law showed us how lawless we were. And those who were under the law did not, do, do not know God. But God understood that, listen, I know that you can't make the choice for me because you were born this way. You were born in sin, you and I. We could not choose him as our father. As much as we had, some of us had a form of righteousness. You know, what I'm saying is you, you knew about God. Matter of fact, God made you that way. I wish I had somebody. God what? Made us that way. Go to Romans chapter 1 for me. Yeah, it wasn't anything that we did. It was the fact that God made us this way so that He would send forth His Son so that you and I could recognize our need for redemption. Look at this here. Uh, go to Romans chapter 1. Uh, let's go to verse 18. And look what it says. It says, we're going to go back to Galatians, but look what it says. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all what? Ungodliness and what? The law. Of men who what? Suppress the truth in what? Unrighteousness. Because, watch this, verse, verse 19. Because that which is known about God is evident Where? Within who? For who made it evident? For who made what evident? What? No. God made evident to them himself. Amen. Watch what it says. For the wrath of God is revealed unto heaven against all unrighteousness, and all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about who? See, this is what I want to tell you. Is what? Evident. So here's the thing. It means that I knew that there was a God even before I got saved. Because God, even while I was living in unrighteousness this is why a lot of people can say this is why we have a lot of false religion today a lot of people say well i know god yeah do you know you know about god because god made it evident in you when he made you now here's the thing you knew about god but you could not do anything about your sinfulness you ever notice how you kept going back to the same stuff you used to do and you had no power over it. You had no power over your sin. You had no power over your unrighteousness. So what we did was in our unrighteousness, God knew we were helpless. And as a good father, what he did, he made a way for you to learn about him. But the only way you could do something about that is to recognize his son. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? That's pretty heavy stuff. That's pretty heavy stuff. Because watch what he says. He says, watch this. He says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his divine nature has been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so they are without what? Excuse. You know what God was saying there? Here's what Paul was laying out here right now. He said, listen, first of all, right, the reason you know about me because I put it in you, right? And because I put that in you, watch this, I've shown you visibly, for instance, uh, general revelation. When you go outside and you look at the clouds, when when you see the sun, when you see the moon, who put it there? See, God says, I'm giving you evidence that I do exist. Now, watch this. Don't ever forget what God has revealed to you about himself to you. Can I ask you something? How has God revealed himself to you that he's real? That's a question. Now, don't tell me about the things that he's, I don't, I'm not looking for the, the blessings and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm saying, how do you know there's a God? Hmm? You got a mic so somebody can hear. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Because, see, here's the thing. It's hard to be in the family of God if you don't even believe in God. But there are a lot of us that believe in God only because God has revealed it, but we don't really believe in God. Mm -hmm. We only believe up to the point of what God has revealed, but we have not done anything about what he has revealed. By saying to yourself, man, I need a savior. I need something's wrong in the inside of me. Mm. Uh, When I see a rainbow. All right, when you see a rainbow, that brings, okay, all right. Know what the rainbow Rainbow represents? represents. No. The rainbow is a promise from God that he will not destroy this earth again with water. Okay, with water. All right, that's a promise from God. All right, now look what he says here in the text. He says, for since the creation of the world. Verse verse 20, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature. May I ask you something? What has God revealed to you that makes you believe that he's real? Uh oh. Uh oh. Anybody? How do you know he's real? I know, I, now I know, well, he did something for you. I understand all that. Satan can do that too. That's why Satan can imitate blessings and, and he can counterfeit miracles. Hello, somebody. He can do that. Um, something else that I think about too, because I love water, um, I think about how the, the sea, like the ocean, right? you, there is like no end. To the ocean. So, there has to be a God, you know, to, to be able to put that much water on a land to where we're not all just drowning. Okay. You know, all right. No the end. boundaries. Right. The boundaries. All right. Anybody else? Come on. We got, yeah, you telling me nobody can, t- I mean, serious. What, what has God revealed to you that makes you know that he's real? Okay. <laughs> he wakes you up. Okay. All right. No, it can't be anything personal. It has to be something based upon what the scripture says. His invisible attributes, his eternal power, right? He based his creation, in other words. What I'm, what I'm saying to you, what I'm trying to get after here is that you have to look at number one. It's called general revelation. Okay, general revelation for the existence of God special revelation for the existence of God is the word of God. You you follow what I'm saying? And then the moral aspect of God is that God put it in you to choose right from wrong. How did you know how to choose right from wrong? But you have to, listen, if you don't have something that convince you, convinces you that God is real, what's really keeping you? There you go. Good. I mean, when you look outside and you see the, the sun hanging at a 90-degree angle, just far enough, just, listen, uh, it did not evolve. It, did, it wasn't the Big Bang. Because, okay, if it is the Big Bang, matter and force, then here's the question. Who created matter and who created force? See, God is pure actuality with no potentiality because if he had potential, then that means he needed to learn something. God is before everything and everything is before God. He's Alpha and Omega. He exists in eternity before time was ever even created. But here's the thing, I know... See, here, these are the things we overlook. Think about this. If, if I were to say defend why you believe in God, could you defend it based upon not just your experience because that's another way that you can prove the existence of God by your experience. I can prove that with my testimony, right? But I can, tell, I can honestly tell you, Every day when I look, in the, look up in the sky, I know there's a God. Because only God could do that. Go ahead. Uh huh. He sent his son to die, that's one argument. But before we're talking about his son, we're talking about what is the general revelation that God has. What has God generally revealed to us all? Okay, the flowers, the trees. Okay, great. Okay? We have See, this is what I'm trying to get after. Gravity, that's right. Well, well, we're in time. Exactly. Now, now listen, listen. Your body. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, your eyes, your, your, your ears, I mean, you know, the, come on, the, the brain, okay? And this is what he's saying here in this verse. He says, verse 20, he says, for since the create, and I'm just dealing with the creation of the world. For since the creation of the world, his invisible what? Attributes. There you, there you go. See, here's the thing. if you, you have to be convinced that God does exist beyond what you experience because God says, I've made it evident in you. Listen, you've asked, the, we're, we're all theologians. We've all asked the question, watch this, where did I come from? Think about that bringing a child into the world think about that for a minute where was that child before how does that process work who create if we evolved out of a monkey how can a monkey be so complex and if if we did evolve from a monkey then that's my god see so it moves so when i say God being our father, I'm talking about looking at this relationship on a deeper level. Start paying attention to what's going on out there. God will show you. Now, here's the other way God proves his existence. Through special revelation, the word of God. See? And here's the other one. The moral argument. And here's another one. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those are, those are the ones that come later on, but you have to ask yourself this question, right? What has God revealed to me that makes me believe that he's real? And I've seen with my own eyes. I, you know, it wasn't until I was saved that I could appreciate the sun and the moon and the stars. Who hung the stars in the sky? Who puts the moon where it is? Who who put the the sun where it is? What about the weather? What about the earth? What about all these things that God God says, I created it. And what I did is I wanted you to see what I made. And by you looking at what I created, I hope you would say in your heart, I want to know this God. But this is where the, the devil stepped in with the with the, with the, with the uh, evolution and the Big Bang theory and all these other theories, and notice they're theories. They're not truth. Watch what he goes on to say here. He says his eternal power and his divine nature has been clearly seen, being understood by what, through what, what has been what made, so that they are without what? You know what's going to happen to people who die without knowing Jesus when they stand at judgment one day? This is what God's going to say to them. Why didn't you believe? Well, I, I didn't believe because I don't know why I don't believe. I just didn't believe. I didn't know, right? You know what he's going to say to them? You did know. Because guess what? I showed you. I showed you, but here's the thing. I knew you were born in sin. I knew you couldn't understand me. So I built it in you so that you would know. But it was up to you to act upon what you did know. It was up to you to believe by faith. And so here's the question. Here's the question now. The question now would be when he asks you this question, you're gonna give him a bunch of excuses, but he says no excuse will be good enough. Is that powerful? He says, they are with what? Verse 21. Let's read it. For even though they knew God, they did not what? Honor him as God or give what? Thanks. But they become what? They became what? futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened, professing to be what? Wise. They became what? Fools. And exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. In other words, we worship all these things. Idols. We worship our cause, we worship our jobs, we worship. Listen, I said to my class today, if your job is causing you to compromise your Christianity, it's time to find a new job. You say, "What? Well, what well, what does that mean?" Cuz God says this, Matthew 6:33, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness." And all these things will be added unto you. God says it's hard to serve man and wealth, I mean mammon and God at the same time. You can't serve two. Either you will serve God or you will serve riches. Hello, somebody. But if you trust in the God that is your father, oh, he'll make a way. See, the problem with us is that we want more But God says, just ask me for your daily bread. Isn't that what he said? Give us this day our daily bread. Children of Israel, when God rained down manna, he told them, get enough for each day. You know why? You know why God wanted to do that? To show, he did it to test them, but he also did it to show their dependence on him daily. See, sometimes when we get an abundance, listen. If you can't handle abundance, then God's not going to give it to you. But when you have an abundance, it's easy to forget about the God that gave you the abundance. See? So what they did was they exchanged the truth for a lie. They served idols rather than serve the the true and living God. Are you with me? Look what he says now. He says, therefore, God did what? See, God is not, listen, your father is not going to wrestle with you. He's not going to fight with you. He's not going to, he, he really, he, listen, you know what? It's a choice. He says, if you want, how can you go from serving a God that created everything to serve something that has four wheels on it? A bird, four-footed animal. You know what he's talking about, right? Idols. Listen, if anything is coming in between you and your service to God, it's an idol. And if you don't get rid of those idols, then God says what I'm going to do is, verse 24, I will give them over in the lust of their what? To do what? So that their bodies will be dishonored among them. Watch this. For they exchange. Oh, come on, somebody, and help me. See, this is why I'm asking you a question. What has God, what is it that God has revealed to you that proves that he's real to you? What is the truth? I want you to go beyond what he's done and look at what he's created. He says they exchanged the truth of God for what? For a lie. That's verse 25. And worshipped, watch this. Listen, our jobs can become our God. Our pleasures can become our God. God says, I want to father you, but you want to serve something else. Watch what he says. He says, He says, They served, for they exchanged, verse 25, the truth of God for a lie, and worship and serve the creature. Rather than what? Who is blessed forever? Amen. And so what did God do in verse 26? to address our issue that's going on today. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged a natural function for that which is unnatural. And the same way, also, men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire towards one another. Men, committed, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. You see, when man abandons God, he goes after the desires of his own heart. And, and in a natural man, his desire is not for purity, but uncleanness, lusts. And so when you have a person who has an alternative lifestyle, so they call it, it's not that they don't, matter of fact, they know more about God than you and I. But their choice is to abandon God and worship something that was not created by God. So God says, is that what you want? I will give it to you. I'm not going to force you. God loves the person he hates to sin. But here's the thing, the person is given over to this. You know what that due penalty is? You know what they're not talking about? Nah, I'm just going to say You know, they're talking about gay rights. Okay, I get that. And all this other stuff. But you know what they're not talking about? what the scripture talks about, those due penalty. What that due penalty is? AIDS is real. And just in case you don't know, I wish you should take a field trip to the AIDS clinic and you get to see the real damage of this. But for some reason, it's very hush-hush, very quiet. Nobody's talking about that aspect of it. See, all because they did not want to worship God. It's not that you're born that way. It's the fact that you've denied the God that created you. And God says, in, 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 as a result of that, I've given them over to their own lust. It's self destruction y'all amen verse 28 and just as they did not see fit, watch this to acknowledge God when they know God this is why we have to pray for them this is why we can't hate this is why we can't judge they know God it's just that we as believers have to be that witness say, come on, acknowledge God again. See, Man, if they were teaching this stuff right, we wouldn't have this division. Watch this. Now, I don't condone the lifestyle, nor do I, nor do I approve of it. My job is to convince you not to live that way and acknowledge God. But you can be acknowledging God and still living a lie. See, watch what he says. He says, watch what he says now. Watch what he says. So they did not see fit to acknowledge God. Listen, when you don't acknowledge your father anymore, you can make that choice today. You know, it gets rough, right? It's tough being a believer. It gets hard sometimes, right? It gets difficult sometimes. Is that a good reason to give up? You fight the good fight. You, you, you go through the trials. James says it makes you better. That's what James says. James says the testing of your faith produces something, endurance. But if you and I make that decision to not acknowledge any, God anymore, here are the consequences. Watch the consequences. God gave them over to what? A depraved mind to do the things which are not what? Proper. Now, being filled with what? Wickedness? Say what? Did that say what? Is that what just happened? Which God was he pleading allegiance to? Listen, when you leave God, let me me just give you the flip side of the coin, y'all. When you leave God, your father, this is the results. Depravity of mind and a depraved mind is drawn to do these things. Wickedness, greed, evil, Full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are what? Gossipers. You know, gossiping is a sin, right? Slanderers. Watch this now. Haters. How can you go from being in church to hating God? Watch what he says. He says, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors, and what else? Without what? I say something to you? You can choose this path if you want. I ain't going back. I'd rather struggle on this side, persecuted, talked about, lied on, cussed at, whatever. I'd rather go through on this side and turn my back on the God that saved my soul. He's too good to me. He's been too good to me. Watch the text. Look what he says now without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and what? And although, watch this now, watch this, this is the part that really gets me. Look what it says, verse 32. And although the Bible is so rich, they what? Know the ordinance of God. you with me, right? You see what I'm saying, right? So, so, the, so, so the idea here is that you can go around pretending in this relationship you have with him, uh, but be real. But be careful. Because as fast as you've, you, just as fast as you came in, Satan is trying to get you out the back door. So he's going to get somebody to make you upset. He's going he's gonna to trouble you at work. He's going to trouble you at home. He's going to trouble you in your finances. He's going to cause you to feel down and depressed. He's going to get you to say, this ain't working. I, I, you know, I keep giving my money to the church and nothing's happening to me. Oh, I do, just don't give. So you, there it is. You got problems right there. And just as fast as you came in, you can walk out in unbelief. But here's the thing. That's the results. What's it say at the last piece part that in that verse? He said what? They, this is the, that's the part that really gets me. They know the ordinance, the word. They know what God wants. But why can't they do it? Because of unbelief. Unbelief, there's consequences for unbelief. F- for those who are what? And those that practice such things are worthy of what? They not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval. Misery loves company. So you, you got, now you got a whole new group of friends. If Satan can get you, he'll do it. These are the things that I'm trying to get through in this series is that I'm solid in my relationship to my father. That, That we look at both spectrums here. Galatians 4, go back to Galatians 4. Because here's, and, and Galatians 4 deals with the same issue. And I'm closing, we're done. Let's read it. Galatians 4, man. Verse 5. Under the law. Now, you see why we need a redemption? Because if we are left without being redeemed, look at what we choose to do. Now not all of us become homosexuals now. <laughs> okay, the, you know, I mean he gives the whole list. All right. So so that's just the truth. I think the ones who really you know his thing. Let's read on. Go ahead right what, what shall we receive adoption we're in God's adoption agency hello somebody thank you Lord I'm adopted I, I don't want to be Romans 1 in unbelief I don't want to worship a bird or an animal or four footed creature something with four wheels on it <laughs> read on because you are what? Of God. Sons. Because you're sons. Into where? Crying what? The reason you can call him Abba Father is because his spirit is inside of you. Now watch this now. Verse 7. Therefore, because your sons... Therefore, because you have the spirit of God, I went over this before, but I got to touch it again. You are no longer what? A slave to what? Those passions of the flesh. Is it making sense now? Right. But you're no longer, so here's the thing. Stop acting like a slave and start acting like a son or a daughter. Yeah, you may have your up days and down days, but don't forget who you are. You are a child of God. That's great news, not good news, great news. And if, what, a son, then what? An heir through God. So in other words, you have some stuff available to you. You have the authority of God. You have the favor of God. You have the promises of God. You have a lot going for you, but what you have to do is never forget who you are. Verse 8, however, at that time, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those what? Which by nature are what? What we read in Romans 1. Is it coming together now? But now that you have come to what? Oh, I'm sorry, or rather be known by God. Hello, somebody. How is it? Come on, somebody. Come on, work with me here tonight. That you turn back again to the weak and worthless element things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again. Paul is asking the question, why do you look so down tonight? Is it life that bad? Is it that rough? Is it that tough? But listen, here's the thing. You're going to go through these things, but never forget who you are. How can you go back? Turn to your neighbor and say, don't go back. Don't go back. Don't go back. Because here's the thing. If you go back, it just proves that you never believed in the first place. Look what he says. Look what he says. He says, you observe days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you. In other words, they were observing a lot of traditional things. Thanksgiving, Turkey Day, Christmas, Easter. You understand. Verse 11, I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. Paul says, man, I see you guys going back to false teachings. You're allowing the world to take over your life. You're allowing, listen, you're allowing your problems to become your praise. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I told, somebody today, I told someone today that your greatest struggles becomes your greatest testimonies. And if you don't learn how to overcome by leaning and depending, stop living your life, watch this, independent of God. He wants you to be a dependent on him. Look what he says. He says, I beg of you, brethren, Become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You have done me no wrong, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you for the first time. And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God as Jesus Christ himself. Paul says, I brought the gospel to you while I was sick. But you know what I love about Paul? He never quit, no matter what's happening in his life. He kept going forward. And that's my encouragement to you tonight. He says, where then is, where then is the, that sense of blessing you had? What happened? Where where was that you were blessed you were you know what happened For I bear you witness that if possible you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me He said you were sold out So I have become your enemy by telling you the truth See It's funny how the relationship changes Here's the thing. When you're no longer under the truth, it's hard to accept the truth. But as a child of God, in the family of God, know this. I think if I want you to leave with something tonight, I want you to leave with this. What has God revealed to you about himself that makes you believe? One hundred percent that he's real as I close tonight I want to encourage you all build upon this relationship that you have with him build upon that relationship don't let the enemy cause you to abandon your faith Paul says have I labored over you in vain So many people come and so many people go. I see people come to this church. They get exactly what they're looking for. and Then they disappear. It proves. What does it prove? Their motives. But I'm asking you to develop your relationship with God as your father. Amen. Give God a hand clap of prayer.